We are Red Iris. Here out of Houston, Texas. We're here with Critical Thinking Podcast, Thinking Thinking Shit Shit Through, one podcast podcast at a time. time. Hi, everybody. I'm Kyle from TokyoMajiDuckTickTale.com, and I have an addiction. I can't stop saying (laughs) (laughs) TokyoMajiDuckTickTale.com. He's going to hate me if you put that on the show, (laughs) but you should put it anyway. I'm going to put it in. Ah, so she used you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> You've been used, abused, and reused. Recycled? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 801. I'm sorry, Malou. <laughs> I'm just a little dyslexic up in this mother fricker. Here we go. No, let me try to get now. Critical thinking podcast is now. Broadcast? <laughs> Broadcast. Broadcast. Right. Hang on one second. My, We're going to cast that broad. My, my, my throat is chopped. Give me some. All uh, right. I had a good intro. Fuck. I was going to do it. Shit. I was going to do the. Uh, shit. I forgot what I was going to do. God damn it. All right. Let me try this again. Episode 108 brought to you by Tokyo Munchies. Tokyo Munchies. Breathing. <laughs> breathing. Oh, right. Quit breathing. <laughs> Back away from the microphone. We need to make him a vampire. <laughs> That's what you sound like. I'm not breathing at all right now. Somebody's breathing. Ain't me. <sighs> Kyle, get off the microphone. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Critical Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, along with my co-host, Rick the Rizzo, and our other co-host, Sean. And the other Mexican in the room, Miguel G. And this is a critical look at all things gaming, movies, collectibles, and so much more. Critical Thinking Podcast is now on XM Serious Radio. Please listen to Critical Thinking Podcast on XM Serious Radio. I wish we were. Shut up, damn it, I wasn't, I wasn't done! Cap this motherfucker. <laughs> I was going to go. We're on iHeartRadio and I was going to go over it. We're also on DirecTV. Remember, we hear critical thinking say, don't quit on anything unless it's cable. <laughs> wow. Welcome to episode 108, guys. How you doing, man? We're doing all right. Doing did you, all right. Did you quit cable? Actually, yeah, I've been quitting cable. That's a good thing because cable's bad. You quit cable? I quit cable a long time ago. Sean That's never right. had cable. <laughs> He's still on that box. You know, turn it and gotta mess with the antenna to get the channel. Fox viewing positions. Thirteen point one, thirteen point two, and shit. Right, man. I've been stealing the neighbor's cable for years. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Is that a code for sex? <laughs> I just want to know. <laughs> well, I got some hot neighbors, but you know, that's a lot of cable to be laying, bro. <laughs> Let me know when Sean is dropping cable at TokenMunches.com. How was your weekend, Sean? Man, I had a pretty good weekend. Manudity? No, none of that. Oh, okay. None of that. Oh shit! Sounds pretty damn boring to me now. <laughs> no, but we did uh, we did some networking at the house, did some land party stuff with some Starcraft. Uh, ah, that's uh, a cold for sex. I thought he said, <laughs> I thought he said sharding. And I was like, what? Sharding? No, Starcraft. So, how was your weekend? So my weekend a lot of was church, wonderful. Church sermon. That's that- right. I was busy being holy while you two were partying with the devil. I know. Nice. But- <laughs> Running with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I can't even fucking remember anything about this weekend now, <laughs> thanks to you. <laughs> now, let me see. Okay, so I, I I did a land party and then uh, watched some old '90s shows. Watched like okay, so th- for, for just to like go back and see how many of the shows kind of still hold up to snuff today. Okay, we watched like Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> we, we watched uh, we watched uh, Angel. Nice. 
and uh, a couple others like that. No Hercules. Dun, 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 I wanted to actually, dun, 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 dun. but we didn't didn't get the time because oh, you know that's actually where Xena actually first yep. like appeared was in Hercules. So I actually, you know, at first I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, but then I was like, you know what? Actually, some of the stunts and stuff. Of course, some of it's over the top and ridiculous, but some of the things was like, man, her fighting isn't actually entirely unrealistic, which was surprising for the '90s because in the '90s they didn't have a lot of like martial arts consultants and stuff like that, like they do everything these days. So I was actually a little bit impressed with some of the some of the choreographing and the moves and and it was actually and of course she's hot as hell. I mean, let's, I go back. I'm like, holy shit! I forgot she was that hot. Like in the '90s, man, TV stars were hotter. Lucy Lawless. Yes, Lucy not, Lawless is hot. Not Gabrielle. She's hot too. Not Kalisto. Uh, I forget who that was. That was the the red the blonde haired girl that fought with Zena all the time. Fought against her. Oh yeah, she was Zena's main rival or whatever. Man, I don't even remember her. You know the dude enough. that played Ares died. You know that, right? Really? Like in that show, like like they did the show right. They were in season whatever they were in, and he was climbing a scaffolding or somewhere in Australia, of all places, I think, and because New Zealand, because that's where they film it, right? Yeah, New Zealand. So he was up on there. He fell off and died. Wow. Yeah, they're all New Zealanders. That's why they had such fucking cool backgrounds. So he was right? like only forty when he died or some shit like that. Damn, Pretty young, that yeah. sucks. But yeah. So, yeah, that, we had a fun time watching those shows. Uh, so a lot of them really did hold up, actually, really well. Uh, some of the things, the effects, obviously, aren't as good. But other than that, honestly, I found, like, the the acting was a lot more mature. I thought that they were a lot better actors than most of the TV shows I see these days. In fact, they kind of made me, you know, process a little bit and think about some of the newer TV shows. And I'm like, you know, they can't really fucking act as well as they used to. Because they, they were solid. They were really good, you know, at what they did. So They rely on the special effects now. <laughs> you know, they can't cry. All of a sudden, tears appear. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why did that tear come out the nose? <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Nice. Yeah, so it was a great weekend. What about you, Miguel? Well, let's see here. I, uh, I, I Ubered. <laughs> oh, wow. I, actually, I take that back. I went to uh, my wife's high school, her wife's, uh, where she works at. They played their football playoff game this weekend. They did very well. It was very exciting. It was a good time with the family. Uh, then the next day, I Ubered just like Rick did and made a little bit of money or had some funny stories there and actually picked up uh, a couple. Well, I not picked up a couple. I picked up three people and uh, three girls, and uh, one of them was a guy dressed to the T. He had the wig. He had the bustier on. He had it all. I'm like, okay. And I thought at first, at first glance when you see them coming up, you didn't pay attention from the distance in the dark. You look, okay, three girls. You know, and then when you get in the car and they start talking, he's like, oh no, doing this, this twitching. I like, I was like, oh my God. Then I realized it was a dude. So then I was like, I got a quarter in my pocket if you want it. <laughs> and the girl started laughing. It was freaking hilarious. But he could, he could do pretty good in He was actually a kind of funny guy. I didn't call him a guy because I knew he wanted to be a girl. So I didn't want to call him a girl because I didn't know if he really just wanted to be a guy. He just likes dressing women's clothing. So I was just being the nice guy and, you know, let him out of my car and get the fuck out of my car and. And left. <laughs> but no, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, you know, I wasn't balling like Mr. Rick over here. But, you know, I did have one exciting story. I had to pick up that Travis Scott crap. You remember, Rick? Mm-hmm. So I went to go pick up some people there and they told me how to get around. But apparently cops were ticketing the Uber drivers and everybody else because they were stopping on the road picking people up instead of, you know, they're not supposed to do that. So they're causing big, massive traffic jams. And so the guy called me. He's like, hey, well, let us know when you get here close enough because the cops are giving Uber drivers tickets. Okay, okay. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, damn it. How am I going to do this? And I pull up and I get right to the light. And the first guy goes, I think I see you. Yeah. Is that your car? Yeah. Wave at me so I can see you. Okay. He goes, well, unlock the doors. I was like, I, what? You want me to roll up slow? You going to jump in? Yes. Gotcha. Went up there. Dropped it down to five. Doors unlocked. They opened. They jumped in. And we took off. No cop get me, bro. I was gone. <laughs> That's some Mexican shit right there. Jeez. <laughs> and there were white people. <laughs> 
I just got skills, bro. Just don't <laughs> I'm a Mexican driving a white car. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a <laughs> is that a go for sex? <laughs> no, but Miguel's uh, preferences. <laughs> whoa, whoa. But no, it was pretty cool. It was a nice. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> so then my grandson came over on Sunday, and he's still at the house right now. And my daughter had to get some dentist dentistry work, so she's not feeling too well. But so he's there at the house, hanging hanging out, and just having a blast watching movies with him. Yesterday he's. He sat down and actually, uh, he likes to play my race cars, you know, because I have a bunch of NASCARs. So he was playing with them, and uh, we were watching stuff on the DVR, and then the big race was this weekend. So he was going to win the, the cup. And uh, they stopped the movie because they got finished watching it, and they had it on Channel 2. It was like, no, I have a recording. I don't want to. Oh, let's just go ahead and watch it. It's almost at the end anyway. And he was my, the guy I root for was in the front. It was a hell of a race. He wanted to win it, but my grandson sat down right by my lap with the cars in his hand watching, watching the race with me. He had the winner in his left hand, and on the other hand, he had uh, Harley. <laughs> so he had Joe Logano on the left hand and Harley in the right hand. So I just thought that was funny. So it was cool. So that's what I did. How about your weekend, Rick? Um, it was good. It was good. I had a three-day three week, three weekend because I was off on Friday just as well as you were. I was about to say I had a threesome. <laughs> oh, like, wait, 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 no, you said you were off. I thought you were off. Oh no, no, no. Well, anyways, uh, I did better Ubering than uh, than than uh the MIG the, one. The MIG one over here because you know when he started, it was, he was making more money than me, and I was getting. I was like, what the hell? And then all of a sudden, he was all like, now I know how you feel because I pulled in over two this time. Yeah, he got a little shady money too. He got a little dirty money. When there. we got to the Travis Scott over there the, when the Astro World Fest. Uh, went over. I was like, I'd pick up one per. I need to pick up one person. I was trying to get to them. They canceled on me. The no ping. They were behind me, so I had to make a U turn to go back. I was kind of stuck in a loop, and I was like, God damn. Well, finally, this one one chick comes up. She's all like, I'll pay you forty dollars. You take me here because she goes, Are you an Uber? I said, Forty. I was like, Cancel. Get in the car. Let's go. <laughs> we took off. Got that forty dollars cash money. Put that in my pocket. You canceled your ride. I canceled the ride. Not in charging them. Oh, okay. And she got in the car. Cash money. Put that in my pocket. This mother got pinged again. Got went back over there, but this time the people were in the parking lot, in a, in a different parking lot outside from Kirby. So I was like, "All right," went there, picked these two black guys up, which was kind of cool. Got in the car. They went all the way in Galena Park, Damn. and I got it on a three point eight surge price. So it was three point eight times the rate. Shit, asking how much you made on that. I got one. all the way over there. It was about seventy something dollars. Damn, with a ten dollar tip thrown on there. So I got an eighty dollar. Eight dollar payoff right there. Holy this, shit! This fool walking around with two thirty five, two something like that after the night was done. Damn! All I had was a measly one sixty three. <laughs> but talking about before that though, I picked up. Uh, we were at a parking lot, our normal parking lot, where we kind of meet and just talk a bit while we're on break. And then all of a sudden, I get pinged for him. I was like, "Ah, it sucks to be you this time," because I got pinged first before him. Ends up there was these four chicks at the Loopy Tortilla, drunk as fuck, fine as Hispanic chicks. So I go over there and I pick them up. They get in the car and then they're fucking drunk talking all this other bullshit. The one that's kind of sober is the one next to me, but just bullshit. Get about halfway to where the location was just, and, you know, because they know your name because your name's on the thing. The one by me is like, Rick, would you like to do a fivesome with all four of us and you? <laughs> <laughs> what? And I was all like, let me turn this off and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like, let me take this shirt off first. <laughs> like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, dude. Rick, you should have said, can I get paid for this, too? <laughs> I'm on Uber X and Uber Sex. <laughs> is, is this a tip? 
<laughs> I don't know, man. And then know. Sunday, I was busy running around doing some other errands and stuff, so we didn't get chances. I didn't get chances to see Survivor Series at all. So I watched it at home, but my small grandson was there, so I was just having fun with him. Other than that, that's about it, though. Man, and then, if there's any one thing TV's taught me, though, you get an opportunity like that. They're all into the occult or some kind of shit. You're going to walk in there and you're never going to walk back out again. All right. Well, now we're having a, the local band that comes out of uh, Baytown. Oh, yeah? Red Iris. The Baytown Risers. I believe it's out of Baytown. They'll let us know a little bit more the about Beaumont them. The Beaumont Bohurs. <laughs> Bohurs? <laughs> I'm making up words as we go. Uh, I do The lead singer I do work with, she's a floater. She's you know She'll come to our site sometimes. She's a what? She's a floater. The, okay. for where I work at so ah. she's at a different site right now but most of sometimes she'll be at mine but that's how I met the, and that's how I know the band how I met them and everything What are we, um, chopped liver? <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. So, look, I know Rick. I've met him a few times. You know this guy? In the halls of, you know, AIG. <laughs> well, I'm Wayne, and I'm from Wales. No, you're not. <laughs> and, and, and Sean is here from Dublin. That's right. I'm here from Dublin. He's Dublin is fat, but anyway. <laughs> That would be hard. <laughs> Colon blow. Wait, that's the oh, other way around. Wait, wait. I know, I know, I know. There's Miguel too. Hi, Miguel. Hello. Then, but are you really Wayne? Is it actually Wayne, or are you just being like, you know, he's lying. Funny? He's lying. <laughs> he's just being funny. That's the worst Dublin <laughs> accent ever. <laughs> um, it is a bit crap. Oh. <laughs> Don't make me break out the Aussie accent. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> okay, I like her already. <laughs> In the flat earth, oh, you flat can. earth leavers or whatever they're called, you know, flat earthers. They're like, there is no Australia and all the people from Australia are just actors. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sure. Dang, that we could be Australian. Be like some pretend person. <laughs> uh, so the band is named Red Iris, correct? Yes. Well, you should know this, Rick. Um, this is for our audience, Mig. One. Never leave off the one. Yeah, that's his last <laughs> name. It does when you said it that way, just Mig. One. <laughs> I'm the one, the only, the alpha, the omega. Uh, do you want to go ahead and take time to introduce, introduce ourselves to our audience? So my name is Emily, Emily Glazner. I'm the singer. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez, bass player. Zay uh, Hernandez, uh, guitar. And uh, uh, we're also known as Boots, OG, and Zico. <laughs> yeah. AKA, AKA, AKA. Gotcha. Wait a minute. She said Zico? Right. <laughs> no. Zico. No, no. no they, they just call me Z. Oh, I thought she said Sicko. I was like, hey, man, we got a lot in common. But when we really want Zeke's attention, we're like, come on, Zico. You gotta put an O at the end. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, is there one more member of the but band? No, they just call him Zeke. That's his nickname already. There's two other guys. They're missing, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was wondering. I was like, I only heard three. I know there's, I knew I had more. Yes. Yeah, we got a few more. Uh, Brock plays keys and uh, JJ plays the drums. How did you guys get uh, started in doing what you're doing? 
Well, we all used to play in cover bands. Uh, I dropped out a while back doing that. Emily and our drummer JJ played together in a cover band. Jay and I played in a cover band years ago, too. So basically just doing that. Uh, Zeke also has a, a cover band and has been around the, the, uh, the scene for a while. So all pretty much seasoned musicians that decided to try to get together and, and create and write our own songs that we enjoy playing. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. So do you cover anybody else's songs or did you sing your own original stuff? Nah, it's all originals. Definitely. And locations, where do you guys normally play at? So we play at White Oak. We played there quite a few times. Um, uh, we played at Fitzgerald's. Uh, we played at... Um, Continental? The Continental, yes. We like playing at the Continental. Like, <laughs> that was like the goal at one time was to oh, play yeah. Continental. We, we played there twice. Hell, I've been, I was um, there twice this past day, <laughs> this past weekend, picking up people. Right? Like, I didn't even know that shit existed. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is this a strip yeah, club? Is a really <laughs> great place. We we enjoy that. Um, uh, satellite bar. I remember when we played yeah, Satellite Bar. Yeah, that was bar. one of the earlier gigs. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to. Our very first gig was at a friend's house, and we had like every all of our you know friends show up, and you know, it was their debut, and uh, <laughs> it's always a good fun story. We got shut down by the police. We were loud. Everybody liked it. Even the cops liked it. <laughs> we're just like, you're loud. <laughs> yeah, we got shut down about three songs in. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. It was pretty funny because uh, we'd gone around the neighborhood and talked to everyone in the front of the house, but not talked to the people <laughs> behind the house and yeah. the way the speakers were, were situated. Yeah, it was uh, it was the people behind the house. Yeah, they were getting an earful. <laughs> they were getting an earful. Oh man, so you guys almost did it right. We tried. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we tried. But uh, you know, actually, just three and a half songs in, it, it was pretty cool to see it. You know, we we knew we knew pretty quick that we got a really great response, and people never heard us before. But we got a pretty great response, and I mean, it was uh. Something that you just can't describe. When you get up and you sing other people's music, it's fun. But when you get up and you sing your own, and I guess stop me if I'm wrong, guys, about this, but it's 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 a whole different experience. Oh yeah, indeed. So the question I have for you, real quick, is you uh, Oscar was telling us earlier, obviously, you guys had different cover, but you're part of different bands, and then y'all joined up Red Iris. What year did Red Iris actually come together? Um, we, I always say 2016. 2016. Um, the beginning of 2016, we really hammered it out for a good, what, eight to nine months. And then mm -hmm. we did the little debut show for family and friends. I want to say it was like November. It was. Yeah. So yeah. we were kind of hold up, hold up, uh, just writing, trying to come up with, you know, a good maybe set list of maybe eight to 10 songs. How many and, songs do you have uh, right now? If you don't mind me asking. Sorry, Rick. I think we're, I think we're at a good, maybe. Oh, nine. I was thinking more. Well, yeah, I guess a solid nine to ten and a good three that are almost there. So, uh, you know, 13, 14, almost. <laughs> what genre would you describe your sound? Uh, go ahead with that one, Zeke. Man, that's tough. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't even describe it myself because, I mean, I, I play a bunch of. I, I started out playing guitar, but back back before doing the rock scene, I was playing like you know Mexican music, Tejano, Vital Sexto, different types of guitars, and I don't, I can't put a finger on what we do because I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say what people categorize us as, and I think they were uh, we were told that we sounded or that we could be categorized as alternative pop rock. The more we get reactions from from people from you know just listening to us, I mean, we definitely have. 
a bluesy southern rock, some alternative possibly, and then just some just some classic rock feel. It uh, the problem is is that we we kind of we have a few songs that, that definitely have that vibe, and then the next few, you know, we have one uh, that JJ calls bubblegum pop. So, <laughs> yeah, he yeah he, he tends to like to leave that one off the set <laughs> he does, you know, so it's kind of you know. it, it's hard to pinpoint but I, I mean i think that's why we enjoy it because it's you know we're not we're not set to say hey like that's not our sound we shouldn't do it gotcha. let's write this let's stick to this genre or something uh-huh. it's uh um, yeah. yeah whatever whatever kind of throw it against the wall if it sticks and we like it we go with it kind of yeah. Cool. So, like every alternative band or any hard rock band, you know, you got to have that love ballad. You guys got that love ballad out there? Or is that that bubblegum pop? Or is it a totally, you got a totally like a love ballad that stands alone on its own, you know, from everything else? Um, I guess that would be Moonlight. So, I would say that, that our love ballad is, 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 is not, it's not like you would think it would be. Um, uh, and, and Zeke, I guess, stop me if I'm wrong, but I would think it would be Moonlight. And it's not a love ballad in the sense of, uh, what um, a normal love ballad would be. It's to, it, but it is, it is me, and uh, it is it, the lyrics. I, I wrote the lyrics. Um, they're they're really close to to my heart, but in a different kind of way. It's not like oh baby, please love me. <laughs> it's it really isn't. It's mm-hmm. it's um, even though you're gone, I'm I still love you, and I'm still going to carry on. That's what it is. I got you. Pretty deep. Out of all the songs y'all have done, have y'all uh, have y'all actually recorded and made an like an album yet, or are y'all still just just yeah, playing? Yeah, we have clubs? an EP. Zeke was saying that earlier. We have an EP out. All right, fine. Four song. Yeah, four song yeah. EP. Yeah. Yeah, the EP you can actually find it on uh, www.redirismusic.com. Um, that's for free li- free listening. You can definitely download it off of iTunes. It's on Spotify, all your media outlets, but. It's basically a four-song EP that uh, it, it, it goes through. I like to call more of the transitioning of kind of what we started and then kind of going into that, like, what are we? And we don't know what it is until we just play it type of scenario. So there's four different types of songs on that EP. You know? um, okay, so I have a question. Um, for, for your band, you know, everybody kind of has their own... Uh, particular uh, spin and the kind of emotional feeling what they're trying to uh, what they're trying to cast you know the way they're trying to get their audience the way they're trying to get the crowd stirred up what for you guys is sort of the vision that you have for the band the way that you carry the message the way that you carry the feeling that you're trying to present you know like some for some people it's, it's you know it's, it's a little shallow it's like it's party rock you know for others you know maybe it's it's some kind of you know it's just hey you know we just want people to feel good but for you guys it sounds like you know you're all seasoned you've you've been at it for a while in music and you amalgamated together really well you know you're you're working together you've stayed together so what are some of the themes that are underlying that really kind of are the direction of your band that what you bring to the table? Well, I can, I can say that I know, and I know this uh, for myself and I know that there's something that I hear all the time from our drummer, JJ, it's all about heart and what you feel, you know? And I think it's how, I mean, we're, we are, we are seasoned, but it's how we want to project that, you know, <clears throat> We've got this great music that we really like. We want to share it with y'all. 
and it makes us feel this way when we play it. And we can share that, you know, with our audience. And even I've noticed even yesterday when we played, there were people in the audience who caught on to the songs and they started singing along with us. It was just something, you know, you get a smile in the face or when somebody comes up and says, hey, I like that lyric, you know, what were you thinking when you wrote blah, blah, blah. Or, and I know like Zeke's got some amazing riffs, you know, that are just like really catchy and like everybody, you know, they, uh, it, like in Moonlight and then like in Because of You and those, there's different things that, you know, people hear that. And that's just us putting our heart out and, and, and sharing it with y'all. It's not, I don't want to sell a whole bunch of stuff for me. It's just this, I'm going to share my gift with y'all. Yeah, no, definitely. Just trying to write the best songs that we enjoy playing and, uh, and hopefully other people will enjoy them as well. Really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would be for you the defining song that you guys have done so far, say on your EP or whatever, what would be the defining song that kind of sums up what you're bringing to the table musically and, you know, what you just shared of what you're giving to people as musicians and presenting to people as as artists, what is that song? That's a tough one, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I like all, honestly, I do like all of our songs. I think Moonlight is really a great song. I think Drowning is a, a really good song, too. Uh, both really different in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a tough one. What do you think, Zeke? Well, I mean, if, if you're going to define, again, if you're going to try to define, like, what's Red Iris, I mean, I think each song has similarities, but you really have to listen to what what we're what we're portraying or what we're bringing or you know the the soul and the love that's in the music, you know, because you can definitely hear Oscar on the bass on every song. I mean, it's okay. it's it is playing. You know, you can hear his what he brings. You can hear the drums, JJ, what he brings. You can hear Brock. You can hear Emily, how she, obviously you can hear Emily. Um, (laughs) I mean, I I think that some of the riffs that, that I bring also, you can hear the different, uh, you know, the similarities in between the songs. But I mean, I, I think a lot of songs just bring some of that soul that, that you don't hear a lot anymore or as much as you used to some of that, you know, just rock soul, um, heavy ballad driven riffs and progressions and things like that. So, um, but and, you know, to, to, to summarize it, I think it would be probably, you know, Moonlight we're pushing as, as, as I would say a single, right? It's really a great song. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, there's other ones like, uh, Mother Mary is a very heavy, uh, heavy rock ballad type of situation there where it's, uh, yeah. Where it really, where it really captures people. And then our, we get a lot of good reaction from Arise, 70s, 80s, and 90s rock, you know, also with some alternative in there. So there's a, it's difficult to say because uh, it's something that we're doing. But to, if we want to name one, I'd say that Moonlight is definitely probably a single that we're pushing. Yeah. Have you guys heard it? It's okay. a really good song. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you had heard the, the EP or anything or, or any of the songs off the, the four uh, songs we did on the EP. Uh, first song I heard was Moonlight because uh, Emily. Uh, show me the video you had on YouTube of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rick Rick posted them up in the in the messenger. Okay, <laughs> oh, cool. And that one came about pretty easily. Uh, Zeke had the the guitar line there in the beginning, and I remember he sent it to me. Uh, just kind of recorded it. I think I think just through messenger. He sent me the 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 guitar riff, 
And uh, then, yeah, then I just wrote the baseline around that. Mm-hmm. And then we got together and started playing it for everyone. And, and Emily had lyrics already in her head. And it just it came about pretty organically. Yeah. And that's 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 exactly right. I can remember. I mean, I can remember right where I was standing when he played that. And it's that that beginning part when you when you started when he played that. And I just heard the lyrics right in my head. I mean, it, it was just, it was like a just meant to be kind of thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys, before you became Red Iris, and going back to you being a cover band, but it's not even, about, it's just about you guys. I'm going to ask you three this question. Emily, Oscar, and Zeke. Who inspired you? I mean, what singer inspired you to become a singer, Emily Oscar? What bassist, Zeke? What guitarist? Now, that's great because that's exactly the same question I was going to ask them. Same thing. So, guys, for each one of you, what is and and this is a hard question. What is the artist that kind of sums up what is inspiring your direction, what you're doing musically? That man, that is hard because um, the first band I ever knew of was because of my cousins that were older than me introduced me to the Beatles and. But then also they they put on Black Sabbath and I was listening to that and then Zeppelin. But for me, you know, you're little, so you buy Kiss records and shit because of their makeup. Yeah. But, but you know, but honestly, when I really started getting into music, it was uh, you know Peter Hook of Joy Division. It was uh, Les Patterson of Echo and the Bunnymen. Uh, then getting back to the Beatles, listening to Paul's bass lines and. You know, Thunderfingers, you know, uh, John Estwistle, The Who. Uh, and then uh, it's just, it's a ton, man. It's really hard to say which one influenced me the most. Eric Avery of Jane's Addiction, his bass lines, those players uh, are some of my favorite, you know? Yeah. But I can't pinpoint the one, honestly. Uh, for me, um, um, I really like soul music from my mom. Um, my mom was really into soul music and the pop. And then for my dad, it was like old school country. Like, I mean, like things like lyric wise, you know, um, things like, uh, uh, Marty Robbins and, uh, like, like the song Shorty. It's like one of my most favorite songs, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cause it's a great story. One of the things I love from it was great story. Also, um, I'm really influenced by the cure. I really like the cure a lot. I really, um, been a big fan of Eric Clapton, but what really changed my life and what I, I can say without a doubt would be my biggest influence in music is Elton John. I was always a really huge fan since I was a kid. And a lot of it had to do again with the lyrics because I mean, I sing, and I can play guitar and things like that, but I always loved Bernie Toppin's lyrics and how whenever I heard one of Elton's tunes, it was like, watching a movie inside of my head and I was like, man, I want to do that. I want to make somebody else watch the movie, you know, but it's, it'd be my words. Um, definitely Elton John, like uh, the way he sings, um, the way he, you know, if you listen to him from the seventies all the way till now, it's different and how unashamedly different, you know, because you get, you get older and you, you change the way you do things. I'm just, he was a huge influence and still is. And <laughs> some of the ways I sing, I think you'd be like, yeah, there's Elton right there. <laughs> you know, at least i know i'm like like i think so like a uh with mother mary you know i'm i'm thinking of something like from tumbleweed connection that's that's that feeling i get when i hear mother mary so yeah yeah but bernie toppin his lyrics huge influence 
Zico. So, I mean, it's like, you guys know you're not going to get one answer from any of us, right? <laughs> you're artists, so, you know, we expect that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I, I come from a different background. I mean, but, I mean, I started off playing, you know, type of, uh, I guess you can say ballads from uh, the Latin side, Mexican side, however you want to say it, but. I, I did play that for a long time, so I got I got a lot of inspiration from uh, from uh, you know growing up from my parents and things like that from from just listening to Mexican music, Mexican style music, and I played that for a long time. I actually played in a in a in a band that did that, so I, I got inspiration from from that side. But what I really liked was rock. So then you know my uh, I, I remember listening to a lot of Guns and Roses growing up. My brother always blaring it on the radio or they're in the car, so they became very uh, quickly one of my fave, favorite bands growing up. So um, them to Red Hot Chili Peppers to Pearl Jam to you know I'm I'm more on that side of the uh, the scene than these guys, and that's kind of where a lot of the inspirations just really come from. And uh, to me, Slash is one of the greatest rock blues guitarist type of sound that you can that you can have. So. Um, uh, that's that's really kind of where where my my side comes from. So I don't have a uh, a long story. I like it all. I like a lot of music. I listen to a lot of music. I listen to a lot of players. But uh, it's just more of that uh, that old good old classic rock is, is kind of where I'm at. So if I said to you Tom Morello, what would you say? Uh, I mean, I, I see. So I I listen to Rage a lot too. So I mean, so I play some Tom. I. I I like what Tom does, and uh, I definitely dig it. So, yeah, for sure. You know, interesting, Emily, when Rick was showing me something, uh, a video or some other, for some reason, I all I could think of was, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I don't know, Amy Lee? Is that right? Evanef- Evanescence, right? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's what I, that's what I pictured. I, I heard, like I said, I was listening to the lyrics, but I was watching, that's all I could think of. Yeah, 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 I never liked that band. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I love it. I, I can't you know what? You I know what? You instead song. of instead of being any lead to me, like when I'm standing out there, actually, most of the performers that I've ever watched that I, I really like are are guys. Like I've always been, you know, like I I watch, you know, like um guys perform and I normally listen to a bunch of singers. But if it were any female that I would be thinking of. When I was playing something, it it's more like a Janis Joplin thing. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a uh, nothing against the no nothing you know, against evidence. them at all. I mean, yeah. A lot of people just, like that band. Yeah, but. I, I I I like the band. Uh, I've heard a couple of songs, but yeah. I I um that that's more of my my feel of what what I grew up with. Okay. What I what I know of, you know that and and even <laughs> you'll laugh, but even um oh man. What's the guy who pulls his hair all the time? They used to make fun of him in Saturday Night Live. He kind of thing, you know, what would I do if I sang out of tune? You know, Joe he did Cocker. the, yeah, Joe Cocker, that's it. So that kind of thing is where they just put their literal heart and soul out there. And sometimes I look kind of crazy up there, I'm sure. But, uh, that's what I'm thinking. That, 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 that's, that's what I, I've watched, you know, throughout the years. Even, even I can remember being a kid and watching George Michael up on stage and he's such a great inter- entertainer he would run from one side of the stage all the way to the next back and forth but if it came to a female it, it would definitely be i mean if you've ever seen any footage of janice joplin up there she left nothing yeah 
yeah, it was just all out there. When it comes to songwriting, uh, is it as a group or does someone do the lyrics or? Well, Emily definitely handles the lyrics, but uh, Zeke will come in with the guitar riff and I'll write around that or, or maybe I'll try to come in with a little bass line and he'll write around that. Uh, our drummer, Jay, hears a bunch of stuff in his head and tries to <laughs> pass along what he's hearing. So we try to figure that out. He's got some really good ideas. Right. So everyone just kind of comes in with a, a little something they've been playing with. And uh, and we try to write around that if it's kind of catchy or build on that riff or uh, a melody and kind of go from there. But it's it's definitely a, a, a it's a definitely a group effort on the songwriting side. Lyrically, it's it's all Emily. Interesting. Well, there was there are a couple of songs. There's a couple of songs oh, true, that, true. that that yeah. that, that um, uh, Brock's uh, lovely wife Michelle wrote lyrics too and when we when we first came together and, and that I believe that was misery and because of you and we we those were the songs that we discovered whether or not this was gonna work. And her lyrics are really, really beautiful. Um so um, she had a lot to do with that. And the the most interesting one though is uh there's this song that we have and it is on the EP and it's called Emma Song. And we call it Emma Song because some reason we just couldn't get that timing of those chords down right and rock uh rock's uh little girl she played the chords yeah and recorded it and sang it so when you hear the recording in the beginning it's the little girl you know when my yeah. love goes away that's that's emma singing that and so like she even brought so much to the table you know and we could hear it after that you know coming from that you know the <laughs> what a child hears. Yeah, it's ten. She was ten at the time. Yeah, yeah. The eyes of a child, right? When my love goes away, there'll be nothing left to see. No more words to say. My love goes away.
But after those songs, it would be what you said. It would be like um, like Moonlight was definitely that kind of thing. And you know, that's that's really fascinating. Like because to me, uh, I'm going to use you guys a little bit as a think tank for something I, I've been personally kind of cogitating over for a while. No um, one cares. Shut the fuck up, Miguel. <laughs> no anyway, <one> cares. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have given me enough shit before these guys even got on here, so you can shut the fuck up and let me ask my question. <laughs> so, you guys, as seasoned musicians, and you're all kind of coming from a little bit of a different perspective. Of course, guitarists always have a different take and a different way that they're coming in as like a vocal as a vocalist would. And, you know, even as we're listening to your stories, you know, you as the vocalist, you're coming across more as being story based, being lyrically based and what, what the, uh, what, what the, like you said, it's like a movie inside your own head of what you're seeing as you're listening to the lyrics. So my question to you guys is as artists, how do you bring together the side where it's just like, well, it's about the music Versus, well, it's about the lyrics. And my question is, is it even really a difference or is it two sides to the same coin? Is the emotional expression, is the the side of what you're communicating, what you're bringing to the table, actually different parts of the same experience? And that's why you guys work together so well. I think everybody really, you know, respects respects basically what everybody brings. So that that makes it. That makes it a lot easier for me because I can just write a new riff and everybody will like it. So, but I mean, I think it, it really, when it comes to comparing or, Hey, what are we going to write around a lyric or what are we, I mean, sorry, what are we going to write around a riff or are we going to, what way are we going into this, this song? What, what should we talk about? It's, it really becomes just like, it, I think we all just generally accept where the song is just taking us as musicians and where it's taking just, ourselves as listening to what somebody not should be expecting to hear, but what's going to capture the attention of the audience. Right. And yeah, it's definitely organic. It happens organically. I mean, there's stuff that we left off the table. I mean, that we mm-hmm. thought were there's so good, much off the table for whatever reason, yeah. it just didn't, we couldn't hammer it out or we're going to get back to it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ideas like that. You know, hopefully we will revisit, but, yeah, if they didn't come together organically, I guess the way we would like, then we'll put it on the back burner. But uh, I guess they're one and the same. You want the lyrics to mean something and be catchy or melodic. It's going to draw people in. Um, but then the music's got to be right there with it, too. It, uh, one doesn't you know, take precedence over the other. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, there are times where... And so it's because it's not just doing the, the lyrics. It's also like I'm writing the melody, too. <laughs> They're always like, the melody cannot sound the same as what Zeke's playing. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you you jump into that. And so, like, when I'm writing something, um, a lot of times it's either JJ or, or Zeke will say, hey, maybe not do this octave, but do this other octave. Or, I mean, and so even though I'm writing and I'm writing the melody, you know, in my head, I don't have an instrument. I'm just doing it, you know, in my head. I, I take that into account. Sometimes there's a little pushback between, you know, everybody, but that's what makes it so good. I mean, because if I just went in there and I just did my own, it would be so plain. I like the fact that there's discussion between all five of us. Every single song, there's discussion between all five of us. Yeah, it's definitely and, collaborative. Yeah, yeah, and the way the way it grows, you know, I mean, it, it like just uh, yesterday, uh, the drummer JJ and I were talking about how long it took to write Arise. 
which isn't on the EP, but when you know, there's footage of us just to get the ending down, <laughs> like the way we wanted it. It took a good three months, if not longer. And we worked on it, worked on it. And now it's just like, it's secondhand. Like we just know it just right away and we do it same way. And it's just so comfortable. But knowing that it was all of us that brought that song to where it needed to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if we make things more difficult being that way. Because, yeah, Emily could come in and be like, hey, I, ha- I have this song, guys. It's already done. Write, you know, Oscar, write a baseline to it. You know, Zeke, play the chords, come up with a lead. And that's that. But I guess that would be a could be a lot easier, you know, if we all did that individually. But that's not really not true to what we're about, you know? Just wouldn't be as good. Nowhere near. Yeah. I think we just challenge ourselves more than... We, we just, we, we don't, we don't say, oh, okay, well, that sounds good, you know, or, the, or that's, that's your, never. <laughs> no, it's never, never, it's never on the first take. It's always, I, I think we make sure and to get each other out of our comfort zones. That's the main mm-hmm. thing. Like, yeah, uh, because sure. if we all stay in our comfort zones then each song will sound similar to the last one and we'll never create. Something that's, that's unique or that doesn't sound like the previous song. So doing that, I think helps helps us uh, change the feel. Yeah, like uh, I I love how we'll 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 play it one you know one practice and the very next week, JJ will come in and say, you know, I heard something different in my head, and he'll explain to us what he heard, and you know that we we hash it out and we see which one, you know. So yeah, it's 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 everyone. It's, it's, yeah, it might be a little, I wouldn't say it's harder, but it definitely pushes us to do something pretty special, I think. Yeah. That doesn't mean that, that there's not like that pushback. And, you know, sometimes that pushback is fun. It's I'm, not like that. It's not all rosy and sweet and, oh, yeah, maybe that'll be a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, not always like that. No, we, <laughs> that's interesting. No, we understand what you're talking about because uh, before, right now, there's three of us, but there was four of us, and technically, it's still four of us. But our fourth member hasn't been with us for a while due to work constraints and stuff like that. But we definitely do things as a group here, so there's pushback back and forth, and so we understand what you're talking about, which is going to lead me in my next couple of questions here. Uh, but let's get the simple one out of the way. Red Iris. How'd y'all come up with the name? <laughs> in the kitchen. It's so boring. in the kitchen of Brock's house. We yeah. literally were just throwing words out, and it was like process of elimination we're like now nah, scratch that scratch that we we're literally we're throwing words up against the wall and just kind of scratching them out and then narrowed it down to two red iris and something that was it yeah it was really hard yeah yeah i mean like, it, it took a while it took a while because we all had to agree on it and we had like two columns like of names right and we were putting them all together and yeah we'd say one or like no we already know a band that's got that name in it we say another one, no, we didn't like used to be sounded. a band of that, you know, it sounds too much like this, sounds too it, much like that. It was actually kind of funny because Iris was on the board, and then and never getting Red scratched was off. gotten scratched off, and all of a sudden just Red came out, and everybody's like, well, okay, I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so We wanted to come up with something. We basically had been a band for a good eight or nine months and hadn't come up, decided on it. And we had that show and we had coming the show up. coming up in, in <laughs> the backyard, Man. Or whatever yeah. that was. So it was after practice, everybody's like, listen. It was Brock's wife, and she put it up on the um, the computer, and she put the columns up, and we just it was just the five of us and her, and we we yeah. went through them, and <laughs> everybody, I think we had like something to eat, you know, sitting around just trying to figure out. I mean, it wasn't 
it wasn't like like a shot out of the dark and this is just like a moment. It was like, all right, that'll work. <laughs> that's hard. I mean, I don't know if you want like if you want the band name to be real meaningful and attached to it or anything, but you kind of would like it. But then it's kind of like kind of hard to come up with it. Something. But I think it's really grown on it, you know. Grown on us, though, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know that, that's interesting. So, okay, so it, like everything else in your band, it just kind of arose from the organic, like just amalgamation of your different styles. And there's conflict, and there's okay, what are we going to do? And then it finally comes together in in a and uh, what it gets distilled into Red Iris. So, what does Red Iris? actually mean to you so you know even if we're just taking it like okay you would just want to throw an interpretation on there all of a sudden do you have an interpretation what does that mean to you well i I bet it's different for everybody but for me so for me i'm a female playing in in, in a rock band and i've played in quite a few rock bands and i'm normally and i have grown up with guys and then since i have three brothers i'm raising three boys so i'm always surrounded by the guys so to me the iris is the is the feminine part of the band and the red is the, the rock and roll you know just straight up you know if you see anything if you see motley Crue, if you see you know black sabbath you, you always see black and red you know what i mean red is always a big thing in rock and roll like whether it's whatever kind of rock it is so to me when i hear red iris when i think of red iris i'm like i'm that feminine touch i'm that female in in in, 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 in the yeah, rock band you know that. you know and just hanging out with the guys and having a good time Zeke, I don't know what you think. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, on my side, I mean, it's 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 that it's the the subtleness of the iris and the iris being the, the flower, you know, and the, the the red being the the aggressiveness. So bringing some aggressiveness with some subtleness and some passion and some love behind it and some soul and just presenting that to the to the people. So I mean, that's that's kind of where I. Yeah, shit, I never thought about that much, so <laughs> both, of those, both of those answers sound really good to me. <laughs> That's okay. Go ahead and bullshit your way through. Give us an interpretation right now. <laughs> he just did. I like those two. <laughs> I, I never thought about, about it that much, but those two answers sound really good to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of jacked up because like we didn't even realize that that was the name until it came out and then like two years later we're like well that's what it means <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's perfectly normal there you go here on critical thinking podcast now everyone knows what the iris stands for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so now going back to that local houston band obviously you played around here in texas i'm assuming you stayed in houston i don't know if you've gone outside of houston uh but the question i'm gonna go with here it's critical thinking podcast here we didn't gain our following here immediately. Uh, our following tends to be outside of the U.S. I mean, we were huge. We we're huge in freaking Australia and Canada and, and other foreign countries. It's weird as hell. I don't know how to explain that crap. That's awesome. But it's like, it's weird. So, with your album, your EP out, where do you see most of your stuff coming from, your, your fan base coming? Do you see it coming from Houston? Or do you see a lot of it matriculating from other states uh, or other countries? You know, it's funny because, uh, well, definitely Houston has, you know, our, our homegrown roots and, you know, we have we have fans here because of that. But it's weird you say that because if you go to our Spotify or if you go to if you go to look at the, uh, the stats of the accounts and things like that, it all comes from overseas like Europe. There's a big majority that comes from that little descendant area, some Australian folks listening to us and things like that. I mean, we're getting spun in Chicago and boston and things like that on some internet radios and uh we're actually on the katie radio here too 
um, on the internet, but it's it was weird to kind of look at those stats and kind of show like wait a minute people were like streaming us over there and they continue to do it that, that that's kind of that's like how do you how do you figure that out or how does that come to play but i guess it just happens that way i know it's wild right because you could look up and like finland what the hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is really cool it's like yeah. make that joke we're huge in iraq <laughs> we, could, we, yeah. we might we might be big in japan yeah yeah, yeah. Hey, guess what one of our sponsors <laughs> yeah. is from japan so there you go, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. i will throw something out for you guys uh after the show is done or whenever i would recommend you guys uh contacting uh, a young lady by the name of t dawn uh she's at beyond the dawn radio uh the internet radio as well but they're out in california they play us uh every weekend they usually they play us twice now uh, they play us live well Every Thursday night, no, what is it? Thursday night, Rick? Thursday plays. nights. And then they play us again on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, so we get multiple plays. And they constantly play old episodes of ours as well. I think they even had a, a marathon one time. Uh, so definitely you want to maybe reach out to them, uh, help you expand that reach a little bit more. Uh, yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. But if you're already I mean, big in Japan, I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> By the time you're done here, you'll be huge in Iraq. <laughs> you know, I, I know. I know. I have a, a a friend who's in England, and somehow he figured out how to download Moonlight into his ringtone. His name is Christopher. Uh, Christopher, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he'll he'll comment on it. And so, like, he walks around with <laughs> with Red Iris playing when his cell phone rings, and I just think so that how, is so how cool. often are you calling him? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but that's in Schwinden, England. Hello, Swindon. You know, so I'm like, that's so cool to me. That's that's pretty cool. I was just looking your stuff up earlier when Rick, you were talking to Rick and giving your album and everything else. I'm able to pull you up on Google Play as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you guys yeah. are there. So that's, I know a lot of people, uh, friends that I have that are from England, uh, that had their own shows out there. Uh, they do a lot of stuff with Google Play as well. So that's that's pretty cool that you're there. So they'll be able to pull you up there as too. Uh, obviously, just not just Spotify or iTunes. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. Mm. It's really exciting. I mean, it's exciting to, to know that other people listen to it and then enjoy it, you know? I, yeah. I imagine. And I'm assuming you guys tend to feed off the crowd when you have a good crowd there and they engage with you guys. And I imagine it's got to be a pretty big rush. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. It is. And uh, <laughs> Oscar and I have this thing where we try to share the front. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of, not to start putting some tape down on the stage. Yeah, like he's like, this is my area, Emily. <laughs> like he gets all into it, and like you never seen nobody like that. It's like he, he's got him going, you know. No, course, y'all are uh, wrong. Uh, actually, it, you're, you're wrong, Emily. That's actually my area. <laughs> on the left side yeah. on the left side i don't know like yeah yeah so i'm like i'm trying to squeeze in you know because they do they go back and forth but you haven't hit me with anything yet i run into <laughs> oscar a couple of times and he's hit me with the bass <laughs> that's a nice a nice big thunderbird so it is not the that. crap out of it yeah so i'm always <laughs> thinking this is oscar's side ah. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> just me standing in the back with the keyboard yeah I'm just back there with JJ, like, hey. <laughs> it's, safer. it's safer back there. Yeah. Now, not being in the music industry, not knowing how things work out. I know you guys were playing, you said, like, uh, the what's that place downtown again you just mentioned? The, the Continental. The Continental and those other spots you get to play. Maybe y'all attempted to try to get into, like, a bigger venue, like maybe, like, a Cynthia Woods or something like that. I don't know how hard that is. Uh, or is someone else, like, had a chance to actually come to you and say, hey, would you like to open for us? 
You know, like, I was just talking about how that would be a goal, you know, you know, opening for a particular artist that, that I like, but, um, you know, like for something us for, for us to push towards, but, you know, playing at the white Oak is really actually, it's yeah, a pretty cool pretty place to play. Shows. I mean, yeah, I mean, those are, those are whenever we do. I mean, like, so when we played at the white Oak, the last time we played was last time. The last time we, we, we opened for, um, with, Disciples of Dio, Dio, Dio Disciples, disciples yeah. which was like Dio without, you know, basically Ronnie James Dio's band, yeah, without, with uh, Ripper Owens, who took uh, Rob Halford's spot in Judas Priest. Yeah, and then before that, we opened for Puddle of Mud, like we were direct support for Puddle of Mud there at uh, the White Oak, and then the Coup de Gram would be <laughs> when we opened for Corey Feldman. By yeah. the way, that was fun. The Goonie. The, the Goonie. Goonie. Yeah, we yeah. did that. We did nice. That, <laughs> that was yeah. great, man. That, that was, was actually. It was funny because actually it was sold out. It was the upstairs room that holds about mm-hmm. 300 people. Uh, so luckily, and for whatever reason, they were there pretty early. So we got to play to a packed house and it went over really, really well. Yeah. yeah. We got um, quite a few fans. Then he came on <laughs> after this DJ guy played. And it was, yeah, it was good, but he played for a good two hours, man. Yeah, he did. Apparently, he... Corey's got like five albums. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap, and I didn't the, know that. The room, the room cleared out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> After, because yeah, he was up there for two hours. Yeah. Yeah, they were done. It was an experience, let's just say that. It was an experience, but we got a lot out of it. We had so much fun. Um it was cool. I think yeah. I'd open the doors for us yeah. at White Oak. Actually. It sure did. And, and we played there like quite a few times now. Yeah, I think we've done about three. three yeah. No, four times. Four we did times. Our, own, our own show there as well downstairs yeah. with yeah. other local bands. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we really enjoy that. I know that um, we've had offers to play uh, the, the House of Blues, the, uh, the Foundation Room a few times, and we're, we're working on that. Um, we went all the way to Austin and we played um, outside of the, the South by Southwest. That was cool. We had people coming in off Sixth Street and coming in and listening to us, which was really, really, really cool. And we would like to do that again, you know, uh, get out there. So yeah, the, those are the those are the goals of playing playing places like that. And we started off playing some smaller places, um, but yeah. What do you mean we started off in a backyard on a broken up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smaller than that. Yeah. Well, then after that, you know, there's some other smaller places like downstairs, Fitzgerald's. It was a little smaller, but. You know, then we then we got upstairs. So it's a, it's been good. It's like not anymore, Fitzgeralds, and they sell it. Yeah, I think January <laughs> is when it's gone. They'll have to come play at the two hundredth celebration of critical thinking. They'll <laughs> 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 be like us and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a goal, what is the end? What's the end game to y'all as a band? Like us at Critical Thinking, like our end game here, our end goal here is actually to be do this for a living. Yeah, that would be nice. I'm going solo, yeah. man. Screw y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I got a solo career. <laughs> because it, it, it changes after we reach the next goal, you know? I can remember for the longest time, we really just wanted to play Continental. You know, it's a cool place. And we got there. And then, you know, then we played the White Oak. And before that, it, I mean, you know, there, there, there are other goals. And when we set them, you got something to work towards. So I would like to record all our songs. Yeah, I would letter, really, really, really get, down, that get all those down on on uh, on some kind of format. It would be nice. I think it'd be kind of cool if the next show you do, you record it live. 
that's not a bad idea. And then, we've, had, we've we've uh they've we've got a bit of video where we recorded a whole show and it sounds pretty darn good. Oh yeah, we did discovery. We're suggesting maybe do a, a a live a live CD. So yeah. that that okay. could be something you could record, make copies of it, give to us. We can do <laughs> give, we can do a giveaway. Uh, yeah, yeah. to bring yeah, more people sure. or that's something you could give away the next time you have a show you know your free DVDs yeah. or CDs for them when they walk out the out the door because uh, sure. you know word of mouth is huge especially I mean it's been huge for us uh, I think yeah. Brock records like every show yeah like I'm saying we, yeah. Have, we have some pretty good video some pretty good, of, of us yeah and then, and then just audio good. audio of us live too yeah. Brock am I right about that Zeke doesn't Brock record like every show or almost yeah, well, probably not every show, but he he does he brings his report. Yeah, right. when you do your shows and you're you're playing live, I just mentioned you doing live. Have you ever had anybody periscope you or even do a Facebook live? Yeah, yes, we have. We, we, we had asked yesterday. Go ahead and do that. Like I put it on my like. Uh, I think I might have sent it, Rick. I sent you a video of like a, and it was Moonlight. I think what we did.
we had somebody record uh, a couple of songs yesterday. And then we had people out in the audience, and you can tell that they're doing Facebook Live. You know, that's really, really cool. I think, yeah, the more they share, the better. I don't think yeah. it's, uh, there's any negative in that, you know? Well, we played the Rockefeller. Uh, that that Facebook Live, I think that Michelle really had done, that one was really really it good. Really yeah. good. Yeah. that one was, and playing that that venue was a Rock lot of fun. Yeah, that yeah. Was, nice was, was cool. We played with uh, Santa Scooter. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of history there. Well, I know you have your YouTube channels. Rick was saying earlier, uh, so you have stuff out there. I mean, you put videos, Rocks. whatever you guys are doing, songs releasing. You tag us into this more ways we could help you. You know, spread you out there, and we could tweet it out and everything like that. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Okay, well, I, I do have a question. Um, so we're going to get a little more into the shallow territory. Would you brought you- it up, not me. <laughs> well, I, I have to represent you fairly, Miguel, especially nice. when you're tired and having an old man moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but for you guys, would you describe yourselves as nerds in any sort of way? And if you are, what would be the thing of interest for you? Like Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel, DC? What are your interests? Porn. That's not a valid. That is not a valid category of nerddom. Moving on. <laughs> Have you not seen Star Trek porn? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> that's that, that's a category of porn, not of nerddom. <laughs> it got awfully quiet. <laughs> I, I, I know. Like, well, I'm not. I'm not a nerd, so I can't. You're answer not. That. It's, OG is not a nerd. Well, I will. I will claim myself as being a nerd, and I'm totally okay with that. Like a. My last office, <laughs> all this stuff I add up, you know, because I like those those pops characters uh, and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. Um, I, I I enjoy Marvel. Um, like I said, I think earlier, I have three brothers. It's just you know one girl, three boys, and so like uh, yeah, Star Wars has always been big for me. Um, uh, but I think one of my biggest nerdiest things is even has to do with music in the sense of like I like biographies. So, like, when somebody says something about so and so, it's like, yeah, I read that biography, and he said that this is what he thought. <laughs> I try not to be that person because there are other people who do it, and I'm thinking, huh, you weren't there. And then I turn around and sometimes do the same thing. But that's probably one of my biggest things is I really enjoy reading biographies of musicians um, and, and 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 seeing how they did things. And like, I'll be the one that goes. And walks around and talks about it. <laughs> yeah, know? if I read anything, it's definitely a biography. Or, or like those yeah. documentaries that are on, you know, like I could sit through like a three-hour Eagle documentary and just like to me, the other people are like, oh, that's nerdish. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's cool. Don, cool. Don Felder's book yeah, well, made me hate Don Hanley more. <laughs> yeah. not, 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 not as much as you did, more than you did before, right? Yeah, more, more than you did before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of funny to me, but yeah, that. So for me, it would be the Marvel, DC, and, and Star Wars. Not Star Trek at all. I'm not a Trekkie. I'm sorry, I can't get it <laughs> into it. I've tried, and Miguel's giving you the evil squint. Successful, <laughs> but yeah, that. And then on the other side, I just like um, I I love biographies. I, I just think it's so interesting to think about the person, especially in the beginning. You know. They were a kid, what they were like as a kid or what they were like, you know, I've read one of Sting. Of course, I've read Elton. I've read them on the Beatles. The best one on the Beatles, see this me being a nerd, is Shout. There's not one better than that. That's by Philip Norman. That's like the best one I've ever read. Um, there's one on Buddy Holly. I really like Buddy Holly. That That's my nerdish thing is uh, biographies like that. Zeke? 
And I'm sitting here trying to think of a nerd moment, and I, I can't think of anything. Oh, come on. <laughs> so both of y'all are not yeah, nerds. You're, you're the main nerd. That's, uh, you know what? I uh, would wear that badge. I would wear that badge. I'm okay with that because I just think y'all are closet nerds. (laughs) Well, I mean, any, any, let's, let's be honest. Anyone who's a musician is really at least a music nerd. Like, you know, everything that there is about whatever genre you're interested in and kind of the whole broad spectrum of music, really. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, uh, that's the stuff that I, I I can nerd out about really quickly. I mean, honestly, I, I remember as a kid, if I wasn't playing outside, I wasn't inside playing with, you know, Hot Wheels and shit. I was listening to albums and I would listen to the albums front to back, whether it's, you know, the Beatles, the Iron Maiden, mm-hmm. the Echo and the Bunnymen. But sit in the room, pull out the album, go through every lyric mm-hmm. while the song's yeah. playing. Hold the I could do that for hours. Yeah, so that. if I geeked out on anything, it was, it was definitely music. Hmm. I, I can I can remember doing the same thing, but uh, what really got me in my life was years later, my brother came up to me and he's like, I know every single Elton John song because like he would hear it from my room. Not that he wanted to listen to it, but he would hear it from my room. Yeah, that's okay. And it was just so funny. He's like, I know every lyric. I know them all. And he wasn't upset. It was just like, like he was kind of like he couldn't believe that he had gotten to that point. You know, because of course I would sing along because that's how I learned how to sing anyway. Was just you know following Elton's voice, but yeah. So I that that's what I would do, and I love to open up the vinyl because and you can look at the booklets and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. So that that's like I said before, that's my big nerdish thing. I just I love that looking at the pictures and yeah. everything. Like and now everything is electronic, so there's nothing to hold. Like my kids are never going to experience what that's like. Like putting the the record on, in, you know the needle down and hear that pop and it was just and, you know and besides awesome. besides my cousins turning me on to music i think i think um my kindergarten teacher miss seals would play the piano for us in the mornings and if she didn't play the piano she put on some albums and would blow would blow me away with when she would take out the record the vinyl was always different colors whether yellow or green or red and that just like blew me away and yeah. That was, you know, the, the love of, uh, of of records and just sitting there and listening to to songs all day long. Yeah, you know? I oh, thank Miss Shields for that. It's got a little bit Awesome. Okay, another uh, okay, more shallow question because apparently I'm having a hard time actually throwing shallow questions here. What would be for each one of you the movie of the decade? Spinal Tap. The movie of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, decade. The eighties decade. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I love Spinal Tap too, but I was like a decade. Wrong decade, but well, I mean, I mean, you, you took you took the question loosely, and that, I'm, I'll give you props for creativity on that. You know, run with it. <laughs> movie of the decade. I don't know. My my decade, the movie of my decade would have to be something like uh, Old School. I mean, I remember watching Old School over and over and over, along with Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> you made it like actual Old School. <laughs> You're my boy, Earbuds. Blue! <laughs> uh, old School and Dumb and Dumber. Those two right there. <laughs> Ever. So, those two, if you didn't have those on repeat, oh my God. Those you got <laughs> That's, funny. <laughs> that's crazy. That's that, that's awesome. So we got Final Tap, Old School, and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, the Warriors was great. 
Warriors. Yeah. yeah. That's it's funny. We, we did an episode on the Warriors. We did a retro, we call them retro rewinds, where we basically really? do a, we do a, a kind of like review. How do the movies hold up now after all the years later? We did the Warriors and we definitely had high praises for that one. That was a personal Yeah, favorite. yeah. I got, I, I got that on DVD, man. I throw it in every once in a while. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you guys have to let me borrow that one out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's good. It's good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Absolutely. What about for each one of you? What would be your favorite actor or actress? Um, Daniel Day Lewis and female Kate Blanchett. Yeah. So mine is Robert Downey Jr., but it's not because he's Iron Man. It's uh, I really like all of his other other stuff. Some even even like you know watching things like Chances Are or <laughs> Heart and Souls. You know, I know those are chick flicks. But I always love those. Um, of course, everybody loves Less Than Zero. But and then also, um, there's a movie. It's called Home for the Holidays, and I just love him in that movie. <laughs> he plays the youngest child so well in that movie, and you know, and I, I just I I loved it. The fact in that movie, he's probably really coked out, <laughs> but he still just works so well. Chaplin, just great. Um, and then um, actress, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Um, you know what? I like Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, I like her. She's funny, and she could she could play everything. Like I love the episode of um, uh, where she meets Prince in in the uh, New Girl. Prince. That's so great, and the way she tells him to shut up. <laughs> She's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I like her. You know, I I think uh, the way she 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 comes across on the screen is pretty pretty awesome. So I like. So I guess those are two way far far off. Yeah, yeah. But um, I love Robert Downey Jr. and Alan Alda. I like Alan Alda. <laughs> those are way way crazy. I was just gonna say Alda Nova. No, Alan Alda, <laughs> like from Mash, and then the, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, anyways, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that like, same time next year. That's a Zeke, your turn, Zeke. Oh man, let's see. Uh, I think I dig some Chevy Chase. Yeah. <laughs> I dig uh, Madam Sandler um, and the female side. I mean, there's a there's a lot of. I'm more on the comedy side, um, but females. I think I think Sandra Bullock's always done a great job in whatever she plays. Um, yeah. She does some awesome roles, and uh, yeah, that's probably about it. <laughs> I'm sure there's more, but I mean, you said name one, and I'm already seeing where at three or four. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts gazing off into infinity. <laughs> so, uh, another question. So, we are obviously in Thanksgiving week and getting heading towards Thanksgiving. So, really quick for each one of you, what are some of your, you know, just Thanksgiving <laughs> plans and traditions, things that you guys will be doing? Well, um, I am going to my 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 parents and my brother and my kids and I are going to go to um, uh, my mother in law's. I always make sure that we make we do something all as a family. Um, nobody gets left out, kind of thing. Um, and what we normally do the day before Thanksgiving, so it would probably be Wednesday, is my kids and I will put up the Christmas tree. That's what we'll do. It's like all. It's always our thing. That that's what we do. Everybody else, uh, I guess, has different ones. But that that's when they'll they'll know. And and the the few times that we haven't done it that way, it's always been noticed. Like 
we're supposed to be putting up the tree right now. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm trying to prep the cookie. I mean, the, 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 the turkey. But, uh, yeah, putting up the Christmas tree, the, the evening before Thanksgiving is that, that way, you know, you've got the Thanksgiving pictures with the Christmas tree, but you also have that feeling of the holidays and family. It, for me, it just brings it, just brings it, you know, closer like that. Yeah. We'll just get together with my, my side of the family. Uh, <laughs> My siblings and their spouses and the nieces and nephews. And then that's Thursday. And then Friday, we'll do something else with my wife's side of the family. Got to spread it out so you're not just running around all day long on Thursday. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, we just typically get together as, as probably everybody else does. I mean, I used to go to Mexico every every holiday. So I used to spend the, the, a lot of time over there. And I think and I'm uh, trying to get back into that rhythm. I think my, my parents went over there now. They've been hanging out over there for a few days. So it's just one of those things where you just want to get back where the home is. So, yeah, that's about it. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to wind down to the end here. Go ahead. This is y'all spot. Announce any more hashtags, Twitters, Twitter accounts, Facebook, announce it to our audience, whatever, whatever gigs y'all got coming up. Yeah. Go ahead and promo your van. Pro- your promo, band, yeah, promo, promo yourself. Go ahead, Zeke. You know all those. Zeke, you're the yeah, man. We're, we're working on some uh, some uh, House of Blues foundation room uh, plans in the. But typically, the way our, our shows work is, I mean, we're pretty we're pretty spare of the moment, two months out, three months out type deal. So you just kind of kind of stay active mm-hmm. on our social media and kind of just understand, like, hey, what, what's going on? Because there's always something happening in Houston. Like, I mean, we got this Via Glory show that we did, like, what, what was it, M? Like a month in advance, maybe three weeks in advance, something like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You just kind of got to really stay posted on, onto the, uh, onto the social medias and kind of understand. And yeah, where can they find you on social medias? Which outlets? Uh, we got Facebook is definitely, uh, Red Iris, uh, www.redirismusic.com. And then we have an Instagram page that we really haven't, been focusing on a lot, but we we we're trying to get uh, put more focus on that side of the uh, the social media outlet. But most the main ones is going to be Reverb Nation, Facebook, and then um, uh, RedIrisMusic.com. And we got Instagram. We got hashtag RedIrisMusic. Yeah, that's where you see like right. a lot of our pictures and things like that. And I know each and every one of us um, we 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 post stuff on our own pages and our own social media. And tag each other and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we some our friends stuff. share as much yeah. as they want. You know, yeah. our stuff very helpful. So how do how do we find you guys on the on both Facebook and Instagram? Well, you can find us uh, first of all. We we have a website too, so it's criticalthinkingpodcast.com. And that has, of course, everything linked up there. But you can find us on Facebook as Critical Thinking Podcast. You can find us on Instagram as at Critical Thinking Podcast. Um, on Twitter, what what are we on Twitter? You guys handle Twitter. I don't. I don't touch Twitter. At critic underscore thinking. Okay. At critic underscore thinking. So uh, Miguel's very active on that one. So you guys can you know be in contact with him on that one. Rick mostly handles the Facebook. I handle the Instagram. So you kind of the tr- the trifecta of critical thinking podcast kind of gets spread between those three social media networks. But so any parting words, any shout outs, anybody you want to. You know, put out there and say, hey, thanks for helping produce us or whatever. I want to give a shout out to Jesus. <laughs> oh, not me. My bad. <laughs> no, I want to thank you guys for having us, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. 
Yeah, and uh, uh, um, shout out to, to, to JJ and Brock, you know. Uh, wish they, they could have been here. Um, just some things sometimes come up. So, And all of our, our, our you know, musician friends who, you know, who come out and support and, you know, let us know what they think, <laughs> whether it's good or bad, you know, because they all have opinions, um, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, definitely everybody that comes out and support us. I definitely want to, uh, you know, thank the family, thank Red Iris, thank the guys, the gal, thank the good old lady downstairs, Alexa, keeping up with us with all this sound that we make, this ruckus in the rooms. But uh, it's just one of those things, uh, everybody's supporting us, so I appreciate yeah. everybody. I appreciate you guys. appreciate the uh, the podcast, for sure. We appreciate the supporting live music, local live music. Well, the next time you guys perform, let us know. Uh, we'll try to come out to the show. Might even try to do some periscoping or maybe even try to do some crazy stuff while you're going through your show. Uh, do something. But, uh, yeah, some great. crazy behind the scenes yeah. stuff. Yeah. Backstage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have backstage passes. <laughs> Sean and I are, <laughs> jump on the stage and sing with you and <laughs> drunk as fuck, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. We're, we're hauling notes. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, it's been a freaking blast. We've loved it. Thanks so much for coming on with us and uh, definitely hope to see more coming from you guys sometime soon. Appreciate Thank it. you. All right, guys. Good night. Thanks. Right. Good night, guys. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Red Iris from Houston, Texas, joining us on episode 108 of Critical Thinking Podcast. Yay! <laughs> on the week of Thanksgiving. You guys are like shocked to hear me do it in such a normal voice. You're waiting for I was. I was like, where's 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 the catch? There's got to be a catch here somewhere. There's like, no catch. Now remember, if you're listening to Critical Thinking Podcast, you must subscribe to Japan Ramen Box and TokyoMonsters.com and also drive by our other sponsors Uncanny Comics located in Rosemary, Texas and go buy you some comics or go down to Tanks Paintball on Southwest Freeway and shoot someone in the ass. So what do you think of the red iris? Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all wreck. What you think of the red iris? You ADHD motherfuckers are both over here playing with cords and shit here on the table. Like, I'm, I'm watching you both this whole damn time fidgeting like a couple of 13-year-olds. What the fuck? <laughs> I just don't feel well. I apologize. I'm glad y'all carried me in this episode because I was... I had a little boost of it, and then it kind of got me, and I had a little, and then it was done again. So I apologize. I wasn't on my game tonight. No, so. you're fine. You're fine. I wasted it all in the pregame. Uh, believe it or not, I listened to all of a lot of you know a couple of the songs already. You know they're good. I just hope that you know they did do catch a big break. And I mean, I was surprised, like you said, when they sat there and they said they opened up for Puddle of Mud. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, you don't know much. <laughs> she didn't tell me uh, don't ask don't tell that's nice that's good for something right <laughs> well rick you got the connections man why don't you like find out bro you know a little something something a little sweet talking you know say hey give me some background information on the band i'll take you to lunch some shit like that <laughs> no no rick was like nah actually we- beans for nothing <laughs> <laughs> no we talk about all kinds of other stuff when uh, she was at work it was just because uh i i met her just recently Oh, okay. Uh, coming up on maybe a future show. I don't know if Sean says he has a... 
podcaster? Oh, yes, we do. We have been trying for the longest time to get on our podcast. Stacy Jane from Panphobia Podcast. This one you met in Ohio? Yeah, that's right. She's from Michigan, and we actually met there in Ohio. So, But I, I knew her first over Instagram and over different social media. I don't so, like her. but not too sure if we're gonna have a show next week are we or are we not gentlemen because this is thanksgiving weekend yeah it's gonna be kind of rough i don't know what's the day after thanksgiving it's the day after thanksgiving Thanksgiving. i guess we'd probably be all turkeyed up who knows might be still full you know who never knows gotta roll to work i gotta go work that monday oh you gotta work monday okay what about you Oh, I definitely gotta work too i'm perfectly game for doing it monday come down to we have the studio or not we can always break in yeah, yeah. <laughs> breaking so and entering. Break, can't break in. I got a podcast keys, so. from jail. Everybody, right. Rick has the keys. Always the back door, man. You know this, <laughs> man. We already do like the jailhouse rock cover for <laughs> the true showtime. <laughs> now we're gonna do like real pictures. Like nice. <laughs> I'm just curious what you're gonna come up with this one. I I have no idea at this moment, but I'll definitely figure it out. Assy McGee. Assy McGee. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll just maybe I'll just take a picture like an old portrait, one of the old paintings of like the pilgrims and the Indians, and we'll just put our faces on like oh, turkey that would work. and shit like that. I'm Miguel, not, you're gonna be the turkey. I knew you were <laughs> the turkey you, or the ham. <laughs> Either way, I better have some blades. Because <laughs> I ain't going down. There ain't nobody biting my ass. <laughs> Rick wants my ass. <laughs> Sean wants my ass. No. <laughs> you ain't getting it. Because <laughs> I ain't gay. <laughs> so we have a lot of material that says otherwise. <laughs> what the hell? You know, I was, you no. Know. <laughs> so again, guys, for our sponsors, Uncanny Comics, uh, Tanks Paintball, Tokyo Munches, and Japan Ramen Box, we appreciate you joining us on episode 108, where we had our guest, uh, Red Iris, uh, Friends of Rick, local band here in Houston, Texas, who does have a pretty unique sound. Uh, if you get a chance to check them out at their clubs, wherever they're playing, please go see them, support the band. Uh, they are pretty damn good. And as you could tell for our interview, they are really nice people. And, you know, we're all about helping the nice people. Whether it be into the middle of the street or across the street, <laughs> that's what critical thinking is here for. Thinking through shit and just giving it. <laughs> <laughs> One podcast at a time? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm your boy, Meg One, along with Rick the Rizzo, Sean the Irishman, and the dead guy. Yeah. <laughs> In memory of Kyle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we out. Hey guys, you can connect with us on iTunes at Critical Thinking Podcast and Twitter at Critic underscore thinking and also on Facebook and Instagram at Critical Thinking Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Critical Thinking is on Beyond the Dawn Radio, which is known for playing the best indie radio music around the world on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Central Time. And if you like the show, please five star the episode and tell your friends. So thank you for joining us, thinking shit through one podcast at a time. We'll be right back.